Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I'm joined by Izzy Phillips and Katie Midwinter as we preview the King George at Ascot this weekend. We'll also as well be looking at some of the other races on the card and we'll be skipping over to York as well where they've got a good uh, meeting on for two days. They've got Friday night and Saturday afternoon. So plenty to look forward to this weekend. But before we get into it, let's see how everyone is. Izzy, I'll come to you first. King George... It looks a great race on paper this weekend. We've got 11 runners. Can you remember a better renewal? No, I think the field looks absolutely fantastic. A little bit disappointing, obviously, to hear the news of Desert Crown um, coming out this morning. Um, He's now heading for York. Um, So we're wishing him a speedy recovery, certainly. Um, But I don't think it's dampened, you know, proceedings too much. I think... It's going to be a very, very difficult and exciting race. I'm actually heading off to a Beyonce brunch. Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping I'll be able to get out and watch. Um, and I'm also just mindful of the Ascot and York weather watch that I'll be on this week. Obviously, we're still stuck in the jet stream. So plenty of intermittent rainy weather. I think there's overnight rain for Friday into Saturday for both Ascot and York currently, but, you know, British weather forecasts aren't always that reliable, so we'll see. Yeah, compared to the rest of Europe, we've uh, been quite lucky the last couple of weeks. It's been damp and dreary, typical British weather, but, uh, yeah, definitely uh, well worth watching the weather this weekend. And how about you, Katie? Have you finished your grand tour of Europe now? Due to Milan and there were thunderstorms there, our flight was delayed a couple of hours um and then next moment it was really sunny and humid and very hot um but it was a great couple of days seeing uh bruce springsteen and back home now looking forward to relaxing watching the racing and i'm especially looking forward to the king george lots of my favorites uh, in the race it looks a cracking renewal um so there's lots to look forward to on saturday great racing at two of my favorite flat tracks um Ascot and York so looking forward to that well we won't keep you waiting any longer let's get stuck into it then the first race we're going to look at is the 150 at Ascot it's the Bateau London Princess Margaret Stakes it's a group three contest for the Phillies all two-year-olds here over six furlongs not a bad little race this 11 runners on paper pretty crystal along with symbology head the market at four to one we then got Soprano who actually ran today at Sandown at fives, we then got Dazzling Star at nines, Comat at twelves, along with Luna Shine and Bigger are the rest. Um, Izzy, I'll come to you here first. This looks a tight little race on paper. Plenty of unexposed fillies. Who are you going to go with? When I initially looked at the race, I was quite keen on Soprano, but um, he ran today and he was only third. It's not really what you want to see um, going into Saturday. I ended up going for Symbology. I think she won nicely enough at York. Um, again, keeping an eye on the weather. She should like a little more given the ground. Um, it's not a huge betting race for me, but she'd be the one I'd be going for. Okay, Symbology it is for Izzy. How about you, um, Katie? Who did you like in the opener at Ascot? Well, Soprano has drifted quite a bit after her defeat today at Sandown. She could bounce back if she runs on Saturday, but I'm with Izzy. I quite like the look of symbology as well. I think she could improve a lot for her debut win at York. 
didn't really go all that straightforward for her there, uh, but she still managed to win quite comfortably. So I think she could be one to watch. Uh, I also like Luna Shine, an exposed filly who costs quite a bit as a yearling, uh, 300,000 guineas. Nice each way price as well at around 10 or 12 to 1 and already shortened a little bit in the market this afternoon. Uh, so they'd be the two that I'd be keeping an eye on their symbology and Luna Shine. Okay, two there to watch out for, for from the girls. I'm going to take a chance here with Coma for Dominic French Davis and Kevin Stott in the Colours of Ammo Racing. Has actually got a bit of form of a bit of ease in the ground. One on debut quite nicely at Redcar and then ran in a listed race over in France and wasn't too far beaten there at Vichy. Uh, then ran at Royal Ascot, didn't run too badly there uh, behind Porta Fortuna, um, was sixth that day. Reopposes the likes of Soprano, uh, Pretty Crystal. We've seen the form boosted by Persian Dreamer. Was a bit of an eye-catcher comb at a big price that day at 66 to 1. I just thought uh, she was a little bit overpriced at 12s. And I think, like the girls say, if the rain does come, could definitely be one to outrun a rod. So that was my way of thinking, coma. So that's our thoughts then on the Princess Margaret stakes. We then go to the 225 to the Valiant stakes. This is another Phillies and Mares contest, but it's a group three over a mile this time for the older Phillies. Random Harvest is your favourite at 10 to 3. We've then got Amania at 9 to 2, then Thornbrook at 5, Caddo Bell at 11 to 2, we then got Veveteer at 8, Roman Mist at 10s, and Bigger are the rest. Katie, I'll come to you here first. Another competitive-looking fillies and mares race, but who are you going to go with? I quite like Random Harvest. Uh, she's outrun her odds twice at group level this season, finishing second at Epsom and second again at Royal Ascot. This looks to be an easier task, and hence why she's much shorter this time around. But I think if she is able to perform to the level that she has shown so far this season, then I think she'll be good enough to win here. Uh, she copes with soft ground and she stays the mile well. Uh, so I'd have no concerns in regards um, to the weather with her. Just that she that she does need to bounce back from her run last time out at Newmarket. Um, I do like Amelia, um, but she's been off since last year's Thousand Guineas and I say she's short enough for me here on a reappearance so i'll let her run and i'll be going for random harvest okay random harvest it is for katie win agreement is he i found this race quite hard to get too invested in if i'm completely honest but i was looking looking at the runners and riders i quite like the form of formbrook for jp o'brien i think she won well in shanti last time my only concern for her is that if the rain does come and get into the ground too much, that she could find this quite difficult. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on the weather watch. If the rain's not too bad, um, I think Thornbrook's got a fantastic chance. Okay, Thornbrook, the Irish Raider for Izzy. I thought, like the girl said, this was a little bit of a tricky race. The one I'm going to side with um, is Roman Mist, actually. But Oshin Murphy and Archie Watson does have to bounce back last time out after an okay run um, at Royal Ascot, finishing eighth. I didn't think it was too bad, but we'll need to step on coming back into this kind of grade. I think the conditions are the key. Won a listed race at Goodwood on heavy ground earlier in the season. It's got some good form going back, if you like, going through her races. She finished third at Epsom last year. She's won at Epsom, won a group three. I just thought there was a lot to like about her. Um, 
with with the ease in the ground. So for me, I do think she's a bit of a big price. She was bigger earlier. She was 16s, now 10s. I thought if that rain does continue to fall, she was slightly overpriced. And Oshin Murphy, no bad jockey booking. We then got a minefield of a race coming up now. So 3 o'clock at Ascot. It's the Moen Shondon International Stakes. Over 7 furlongs. 27 runners going to post. Biggles is your favourite along with Fresh at 6-1. to one. We've then got Barada at 7. Spangled Mac at 10s. Vaf Fortino at 11s. Northern Express at 12s. Bless him at 14s along with Razman. And bigger are the rest. Now Izzy, I know you like a glass of Moed Shonday when we go to Sandown. Um, do you think you found uh, a horse here that you'd be buying a bottle with? Oh, don't. I feel like I need to go and put a bottle in the fridge now. Um, I'm going to stick with Biggles. Um, I think he was quite impressive um, at Newmarket a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't really see a massive reason elsewhere in the field to oppose him on this occasion. Um, I know it's that kind of recency, but it was a good win. Um, and you've got Ryan Moore booked as well for an inform yard, a 27% strike rate at the moment um, for Rafe Beckett. So I'd be happy enough to stick with him again. Okay, Biggles it is for Izzy. How about you, Katie? Did you have a couple on your shortlist here? I think Biggles has a leading chance. I think he could still be ahead of a handicapper up £5 for his win in the Bunbury Cup. Uh, Spangled Mac, he was a non-runner. Um, because of the soft ground at Newmarket, I quite fancied him to run well there, but I'm a bit apprehensive now because of the ground concerns. I'm not sure uh, he'll want it soft. Escobar could be well handicapped. David O'Meara Yard are back in some kind of form and Frankie de Tori's on board. So they're all quite interesting runners, um, but I'm going to stick with the old boy, Safe Voyage. He's a 10-year-old now. He's a bit of a legend. Uh, loves soft ground. And I think he's fairly well handicapped off a mark of 97. He's winless in the past two years. Um, but he's been running really well in handicaps. And I think the high draw he has here could be beneficial. I'd love to see him get another win on the board. Um, you know, because I guess this could be his last season. He He's getting on a bit now. Um, so I'd love to see him back in the winner's enclosure. He's a really good each way bet as well at around 25 to 1 I think he he could run well okay a positive mention then for safe voyage I actually quite uh, like one in here towards the top of the market that's Northern Express um, was a good winner last time out at York getting the job done in the closing stages just won by a short head but I thought that was quite a good little race despite there only being 8 runners um, he beat a horse called Guido of Kate Scott's that horse actually won at Doncaster at the weekend um, in a photo finish. I think that's a bit of good form there. Finished third the time before that um, when winning his side of the draw when um, running at Royal Ascot in the Buckingham Palace handicap over the same course of distance. Now, he does have to carry a penalty for his win last time out, but he's a horse that just seems to be improving on the up, stays a mile, doesn't mind a bit of ease and conditions. I thought he had a really solid chance. He's around about 20 to 1. He's drawn in stall 20, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think drawn high might be uh, the key to the race. We often see horses, especially when the ground does get on soft side, do favour the stand side. So I thought uh, he didn't have a bad draw there. And for me, I think he's definitely a really good uh, each way candidate there at 12 to 1. So that's Northern Express for me. We then move on to the big race then. The 340 Ascot is the King George, the Sip and Queen Elizabeth Kipco Stakes over a mile and a half. Group 1 contest. 
cracking race here. We've got 11 runners. August Rodan is your favourite at 10 to 3. We've then got King of Steel, who finished second in the derby at 4 to 1. Hookham then at 9 to 2. Emily Upjohn at 5s. Pile Driver last year's winner at 15 to 2. Luxembourg 14s. Westover 16s. Bigger are the rest. Katie, you can have first say here. Plenty of angles in. We've got the, the up-and-coming improvers, obviously, the three-year-olds getting the weight for age allowance, and then we've got the old favourites, the likes of Hookham, Emily Upjohn, Pearl Driver. It's a fascinating race. Which way are you going to go? I think it's a fascinating renewal. There's a few horses that I love in here. It's quite a tough one to predict because, as you said, Chris, there's so many different angles you can take, and, and there's so many favourites in here that you keep looking at one of them and... You want them to win and then you can make a case for most of them. So it's really difficult. But I was looking into the form of the three-year-olds and six three-year-olds have won this race, this century, uh, the likes of Nathaniel and Abel and Derby winners in Galileo and Adair. But last year we saw Emily Upjohn and Westover come into the race uh, as well fancy three-year-olds, but they both completely blew their chances earlier on, uh, racing freely and showing quite a bit of an experience um now i do think august rodan is professional enough to handle this but i would be slightly concerned about august rodan and king of steel as neither of them are experienced as as the older horses in this um i was listening to an interview of aiden o'brien's earlier as well when he was speaking about august rodan possibly heading for the arc at the end of the season and talking about uh, ground concerns if it does turn up as soft um, it, it isn't really going to be in August Rodan's favour and I think it takes away the speed factor as well and he's such a lovely mover I don't think he'll be seen to his best if it is soft um, so considering that the one that I'm going to go for is Emily Upjohn uh, I just love her I think she's such a classy mare uh, she won't mind a bit of ease in the ground. She's a strong stayer over this trip, and she also has that turn of foot. Um, and, you know, she coped with softer conditions on Champions Day here last season. You also have to consider Pile Driver Rain in Champion. He's a horse that I absolutely love as well. Um, I met him at Lambourne Open Day, and he's such a character, but he's also a really tough horse, and you can never rule him out. So I'd love to see either of them win, but I will be siding with Emily Upjohn. And I'll also give a mention to uh, another horse I love in Luxembourg, Up in Trip. I'm quite intrigued to see how he gets on. Brown maybe isn't ideal, but I think he's too classy to be there just as a pacemaker. And I'd love to see him enter the frame. Um, he's had a lot of criticism thrown his way, but I think he's a brilliant horse on his day. And so at the prices around 14 to 1, I, I think there's worse each way bets. So Emily Upjohn for the win and a little bit of a saber on Luxembourg each way. Yes, certainly is. Lots of ways to look at it. How about you, Izzy? Who are you going to go for in the King George? I'm quite similar to Katie, really, with um, the kind of analysis. Every time you look at one, there's a little heartstring that goes, oh, yeah, but I'd quite like to see the other. Um, I'm in full agreement, really. I Emily Upjohn has my heart. Um, I don't think, however, she'll want too much rain, um, but she has got that little Phillies allowance as well. So I'm just a bit, I, I'm concerned there um, about the ground for her, but I 
would still love to see her win. Um, I think obviously August rode in, better off at the weights, getting that allowance for, for age. Um, I think it's it's odd because I would have, looking at his form, I would have said that the rain maybe goes more in his favour. I know that his wins on softer ground, however, were over a slightly uh, shorter distance. Um, I think King of Steel, you've got to be most concerned about about the rain um, because there is there aren't those form figures there on softer ground. And then for me, that leaves me with Piledriver. Um, he has fantastic form at Ascot and shouldn't be too bothered um, by the rain. So I think he'll be the one I I go for um, with probably a saver on Emily Upjohn as long as the rain doesn't come. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the older horses here. As much as I do respect Auguste Rodin and King of Steel, for me, I think this could be a little bit of a, a culture shock taking on some proper horses. Hookham loves it round here, won't mind the ground whatsoever. Emily Upjohn, I think, will be um, benefited by the step up and trip. I think the race will actually suit her as well. It's a bigger field than last year's race. Um, the likes of uh, Luxembourg, Point Lonsdale, I think they're going to go handy, the Bally Doyle horses, and I think it's going to set up for for a closer, actually. Um, and it could be Emily Up, John Hookham, or Pile Driver. I think Pile Driver probably won't be too far from off the pace. He'll probably sit maybe four fifths, something like that, just be slotting in behind the pace. And he might just get first run, but Hookham, I think, has got a chance, and so has Emily Upjohn. I, I just think if they um, if they are held up for a late run, I think they'll be doing their uh, best work late on. And I might even play the tricast, you know, a combination tricast between Bar Driver, Emily Upjohn, and Hookham. I just think that their experience at this level, it just might hold them in good stead. And for me, I probably want to be taking on the top two uh, August Rodin and King of Steel. I just think they might find it a little bit hard at this stage of their career, but I have to respect them. So that's my thoughts then on the King George. We're now going to head over to York now, where they've got a cracking card on Saturday afternoon. And we're going to one of the novelty races of the year next for the 205. It's a Skybet Jump Jockeys, Nunfort Handicap. All of these obviously are jump jockeys. We've got Paul Townend coming over. He's got a ride. We're seeing the likes of champion jockey Brian Hughes. He's in here. Um, Sean Byrne as well going great guns at the moment. He actually rode a flat winner recently at Pontefract, I believe. So, yeah, an interesting little race. Count Dorsey is your favourite at 8-1 with sound reason. Uh, we then got Sampa 7 at 17-2. A up at Maggie at 9 along with Spadacious. Uh, Resilience 12, Treacherous 12, Ecclesiastical 14s. And bigger are the rest. Izzy, I'll come to you here first. A bit more familiar territory for you with some of these jump jockeys. Uh, is there a horse that stood out for you? Um, well, there's there's a few. I'm trying not to just get sidetracked by my favourite jump jockeys, but um, I thought exactly the same as you when looking at Sean Bowen. He is riding like a man possessed at the moment, and his mount, Speedicus, hopefully um, should live up to his name and he shouldn't mind a little bit more cut in the ground as I said you've got that overnight rain forecast for York um, Friday into Saturday and you've also got to look at the trainer form for David O'Meara at the moment as well going absolutely great guns um, I've also had a little look at uh, Count Dorsey has decent form and also likes a softer ground and 
just in terms of like you say a little bit of fun back in your favorite jockeys um i do quite like the look of the mounts of both sam tristan davis on glory fighter and paul townend on a up it's maggie um, they both look to have a good chance as well should like slightly softer ground um so i wouldn't be surprised to see them in the mix either yeah i think that's a good bit of placing by um david america for speed because can definitely see the case for him was good when like i say last time out at doncaster with that he's in the ground and the yard are in much better form now they been not been going great guns until recently only picked up in the last couple of weeks but um yeah definitely a yard in form with speedicus how about you katie well, Soul Seeker won this race off a mark of 83 two years ago, and he runs off 66 here this time around. He is really well handicapped if he's on a going day, and I think it's difficult to rule him out. Now, the forecast is supposed to be good for the next couple of days, so hopefully the ground dries out a bit at York, um, because I do think the better ground will suit Soul Seeker. I would be a bit concerned if it does turn up a soft on the day, uh, he's a really nice price at around 16 to 1 or so. Um, so I think off his current mark, I'd be happy enough to stick with Soul Seeker and hopefully he can run into the places. Yeah, Soul Seeker is definitely one of uh, Katie's cliff horses and she's going with him again. But to be fair, has made a compelling case. Maybe it could be his day. We then um, move on to the 240 at York to the Sky Bet Dash Handicap. Again, another competitive handicap. Plenty of them this weekend. And Lethal Levi is your favourite at 15-2. We then got Abraham of Gold for Peaky Blinders fans at 9s. Mondamedge is also 9s. Summergan 10s. Barefoot Angel uh, 11s. The Green Man 11s. Katie, who are we going to go with here? This is a really tricky one, but I'm just going to side with Music Society. Pound higher than his last winning mark. He copes with soft round. So I'm going to take a chance on him each way at 12 to 1. Short and sweet then from Katie. So how about you, Izzy? Who did you like in the 240? Ended up going for um, Barefoot Angel. I think she actually looks as if she could be the class angle for the informed Richard Fahey team. Um, she was a disappointing 11th for 15 at Newmarket um, last time out, albeit that was up in distance in April. Um, and she is coming back from a wind surgery. So with her class, she could go well here fresh. Um, I did have a little look at um, what Richard Farhey had to say in his Sporting Life um, column. And he did say that he finds his often need a run or two after the surgery. But we'll see. I think she could perhaps outrun her odds here. Okay, one to watch then from Izzy. Um, and then we go on to the feature race on the card, which is the Skybet York Stakes. It's a group two contest. And My Prospero um, is your favourite, five to four. We then got Ophelia at nine to two, Royal Champion at nine to two as well, Mashore at 11 to two, and then Check and Challenge is the outsider at 12 to one. So, uh, so Izzy, who did you like in the Skybet York Stakes? Um, so in this, I really liked Mashore. He absolutely routed his opposition last time out at the Curra. Um, you know, he's got some classy pedigree being from Kingman. Um, he's won at one mile four as well. Um, so he should respond well to that forecast rain. I've basically got less question marks over him than I do the others in the field. Um, 
Alfaina's got to win after a break, which he could go and do as he's got an excellent record fresh. But the forecast rain would be a concern for me with him. My Prospero is classy. Um, but again, here, I'm not sure about him stepping up in trip. To me, he didn't really appear to be running on into contention in his last two starts at Newbury or Royal Ascot. So Mashore it is for me. Okay, Mashore for Izzy. Yeah, can definitely see the angle there. Johnny Mercer, always have to respect his runners coming over and yeah 11 to 2 why not I could easily rack up the four timer and katie who did you like in the last race we're going to preview here on the podcast didn't have a strong fancy on first glance but looking into my shores form it does read quite well his group three win when last seen at the curra he beat a horse i really like in lafayette among others it, it stands out to me but then again my prospero think he could possibly be the best here he's well clear on ratings don't think it's a race i'd have a bet in um, but they're the two that interest me okay that's katie's thoughts then on the feature at york i thought royal champion was maybe the one to side with here for jack mitchell modraverian was a good winner last time out at Royal Ascot. Hasn't been seen since, but that wouldn't worry me at all. I just think he's the type of Roger Varian horse we often see um, with this yard. Over the years, come through the handicap company, and then when they get into maybe group three, listed company, then start to thrive and then go through the gears. And I think this one is definitely worth a step up in grade. Like I say, it was a good winner last time, and it wouldn't be at all uh, a surprise to me to see uh, Royal Champion maybe progress and maybe um, get the better of some of his rivals here. My Prospero is probably the most likely winner on paper, but does need to bounce back. And um, I just have one or two question marks over him, but Olmi probably does have some of the best form in here, but for me, it's, it's a little bit too short. So that was my thinking then on the Skybet York stake. So, um, yeah, I know the girls don't have anything else to add this weekend. I just had one to watch out for um, in the 415 at Ascot in the Pat Eddery stakes, a listed contest for uh, the Colts. Um, I quite like the chances here of Chattagangra, uh, if I pronounce that right, for Hoido and Archie Watson, currently available 18 to 1. Um, he's undefeated so far, but created a real impression but when winning um, on debut at Red Card, bowled out that day by seven lengths, then carried the penalty next time out at Haydock. I thought that wasn't a bad race. We've seen Archie Watson do pretty well with some of his two-year-olds this year with these kind of horses that go off at big prices. I thought he was quite an uncomplicated type. I, I imagine he'll be ridden handily. Invincible Army as well as the side I think is not doing too badly at the moment. One to maybe keep on side. And I just thought some of the horses of the market, I thought actually their form wasn't as good as his. So for me, I'm going to take a fly on him at a price. Uh, Chatterjee Chatter Ranga at uh, 18 to 1 in the 415 at Ascot. So that rounds it off this weekend. Thanks again to Katie and Izzy for giving up their time. Hopefully, we found you some winners. We won't be back for a couple of weeks, but we will be doing a challenge throughout Goodwood and Galway. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But please remember to gamble responsibly, and we'll be seeing you again soon. 